Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco and my partner, Hari. Hello. Uh, good to see you, uh, Hari. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. How's everybody yeah. out there? It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about Residio. Um, actually, let me let me look up the person who sent it to us. This is one of those episodes where episodes where you know this is a company that was brought to us by one of our listeners and uh we wanted to cover it for him or her. Let me I just want to give a quick shout out to uh to the person. Let's see. Yeah, no, Paul. Um, Paul Fagan. Thank you for sending out that email and uh, Residio, you mentioned it in the context of spinoff and we'll be talking about Residio in that specific context. So thank you, Paul, for sending that email. Yeah. And if, you, uh, if you're interested in us talking about a, a particular stock, uh, you can send us an email at info at valueinvestor like, uh, .org, dot, like Paul did uh, or a direct message on Twitter at valueinvestortv. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Um, so this episode, we're going to do it slightly differently because, again, this is Residio. Residio is a spinoff from a bigger company. Uh, and we'll talk about that later. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to go through the regular checklist like we like we always do. It's going to be a little bit... Little bit um, um, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a little bit different because spinoffs have little, um, bit different criteria in, in evaluating the business. So, um, so awesome. Should we uh, get started, Hari? Yeah, let's do. Oh, it. Actually, should we uh, do the disclaimer? Yeah. Before um, we go in, sure. Uh, so, you know, this podcast uh, is uh, designed to help you, uh, educate you, and entertain you on how value investing works, uh, and. You know, the purpose of this podcast is not to give specific financial advice. We are not financial advisors. We don't know your specific financial situation. Uh, so if you do need that uh, information, I would contact a financial advisor uh, before doing so. Excellent. Okay. Um, let's get started. Yeah. Um, so you want to ask me some questions about Residio, Hari? Yeah. So, um, you know, just before we get started, you know, directly on Residio, you mm -hmm. know, if you don't understand what a spinoff is, I uh, would highly recommend checking out episode 63 and 64, which where we kind of walk through what a spinoff is uh, and uh, uh, kind of illustrate why. Um, and I, that would be a good, you know, topic to or uh, lectures to look at first, because that'll help you understand why a spinoff is kind of different from a standard um, you know, value investment play. I mean, it's still the underlying concepts are the same, um, you know, and then more in general about this, you know, this kind of discussion that we have had since the beginning, you know, since episode one is kind of finding great, great businesses at a fair price. Um, you know, that, that kind of model is allows you to buy a business and hold on to it for, you know, for a long time, you know, spinoffs are a little bit different, um, because, you may be buying a, a business here um, where it is undervalued for you know significantly, but it's not necessarily a business that you would want to hold on to for forever. Um, and so, what when we look at businesses like uh, like Residio and it's uh, like it's like spinoffs, you know, you may find a very undervalued business that once it achieves you know reasonable valuation, um, you know the price you know kind of 
uh, aligns with the value, then it's time to actually get rid of that um, that stock as opposed to a, a great business. You may want to hold on to it forever and let it compound returns. So mm-hmm. you know, with that in mind, uh, Becco, you know, let's talk a little bit more about it. Um, so tell us, you know, what, what do they do? Um, and, you know, uh, give us a little bit of their history. Yeah. So again, kind of in that context, we got to have, we got to remember that context when we look at spinoffs. And so, um, Residio is, is a spinoff from a big well-known company called Honeywell. You guys are probably are familiar with that. Um, all these home appliances, a lot of home appliances are made by Honeywell. At least that was my first encounter with Honeywell product, uh, these, uh, thermometers. Um, so, they have many different verticals. They're like GE. They're like Siemens. They're a big giant conglomerate that has multiple lines of business. And one of their business is residential market products. So like exactly what I was talking about with home appliances, uh, switches and, and uh, thermometers and things like that. They sell, they sell it and they, they bundle that segment into a home residential segment. And they also have a distribution channel to sell these products. And the distribution channel is specific for wholesale retailers um, so they have two different they have these two sub subsidiaries that they that that Honeywell held it was their subsidiary and they spun spun this, these two subsidiaries out into an independent independent entity called a residio so residio again has two different segments like I said they the the product segment it's the you know it's the it's the segment that actually makes these uh, home products and the other segment, which is the distributor distribution uh, segment, which is the wholesale retail uh, business. So um, going back to kind of what what they sell, um, they sell a whole bunch of stuff, but within the product segment, within the product division, they sell um, comfort. So it's three different segments within, within the product segment. So they sell stuff related to comfort, uh, things related to residential thermal solution. That's a second. And the third, they sell um, security uh, stuff. So security panels, sensors, wires and cables and things like that. So that's breakdown of the, that's the breakdown of the product segment. And then the distribution, distribution channel, distribution business, uh, it's actually branded as ADI. Uh, they've been around since 1987 and they merged with Honeywell. Um, but this ADI global distribution business is, is a, is a channel through which a lot of these products are sold. Um, I I haven't personally encountered them because I don't really go out shopping (laughs) for, uh, for, for these very much, but these distribution channel is largely for wholesale. So what that means is a lot of contractors, so people who come and do your wiring and security uh, things, uh, when you're building your home, for example, Hari probably, you know, you've, you went through this process of building a new house. Your contractor probably buys stuff from ADI or other, uh, other uh, wholesale retailers for um, appliances. So uh, that's the second part of their business. Um, and I could I could mention a little bit more stats down the road, but at a large level, uh, the two segments that comprises Presidio, Residio rather Residio, they they bring in about four point five million four point five billion dollars in sales, uh, and they have uh, about thirteen thousand employees. Um, 
yeah, I'll leave it at that, and then we can go into more details down the road. <clears throat> yeah, and and as part of the kind of the history of that, could you kind of tell us why, in the prospectus or in the tw- in the ten form ten, you know, why did they want to spin off, you know, Residio? Yeah, um, I think this goes back to our conversation about why they why companies at all do do spinoffs. The companies do do spinoffs because they think there is a um, the value that can be unlocked by spinning off a company that's um, not not you know not completely completely aligned with a bigger parent company. So in this case with with uh, Presidio and Honeywell, here is the exact quote from uh, their form 10, which is the filing that you have to do to spin off your subsidiary. The exact quote is as follows: Products is one of the few businesses within Honeywell focused on individual consumer markets and primarily serves the residential market. While distribution is the only business in Honeywell entirely focused on distribution, so this this I think this sentence right here kind of nicely summarizes why Honeywell wanted to spin it off. Honeywell wanted to spin it off because product segment and the distribution segment had its own unique characteristic that didn't really fit in the large portfolio of Honeywell. So, uh, you know, the residential market is its own little business. The distribution is its own little business. And so from Honeywell's perspective, when they're trying to align their strategic operational focus into kind of how the Honeywell as a whole operates, these two are kind of unique. These two are a little different than the remaining businesses that Honeywell operates. So that's why they wanted to spin it out. And if, as they spin it out... as I spin it out, what they could do now, now that Residio is its own independent company, is that they can uh, really leverage from different capital structure. They can um, they can be really distinctive in terms of kind of financial profile because the business segment itself is very different. Um, they can also simplify the organization. So Honeywell could kind of restructure their organization to fit their their business, and then Residio can also do the same with the with these two subs with these two lines of businesses. Um, so again, going back to the primary argument of sh- unlocking shareholder, shareholder value, the way to achieve that is through some of these things that I mentioned um, just now. Yeah. Okay. So that, that kind of leads into our, you know, questions that we go into on the checklist side of, mm-hmm. of the house, which is by spinning off the, uh, you know, Residio, um, does that allow for that for Residio to be better appreciated by the market? Uh, I think so. I think so. Right now, if you could look, if you if you look um, at the stock price, it has not done so well. And I think that's pretty classic of spinoffs. When you spin off from a parent company, you know, um, uh, we were talking about this before recording the podcast. Honeywell, being Honeywell, it's a giant company. It's in many many indexes, probably. Um, and and Residio as a as a spun off, it's no longer part of part of the index because it's no longer part of uh, Honeywell. So there's extreme downward pressure in price. Uh, and so when we think about how it's going to do for shareholders, um, I think you know I think um, you know with this de- with this decline and then with with a lot of the kind of initiatives that they're they're taking on a lot of the operational efficiency they will gain from being its own separate company could possibly lead to um you know better a better shareholder value down the road yeah and uh, you know obviously that's a 
loaded question in some ways, right? You know, the, the better appreciation can be, can come from um, just simplifying, you know, how somebody reading a 10K would look at it. I mean, if Residio's within Honeywell, it's a, you know, a two and a half billion dollar business inside of a, you know, hundred billion dollar business, right? So exactly. So it's it's a little bit hard to to hone in on a two and a half billion dollar company that's living inside of a giant conglomerate kind of business, right? So yeah, yeah. So exactly. I think there's a there's a case to be made there that it being separate will be better appreciated. You know, maybe not today, but you know, three to five years down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, one thing I do, one thing I do want to mention, Hari, going back to kind of the business, what do they do? You know, they sell a whole bunch of products. But one thing that one thing that we should keep in mind is that they were able to secure a license from Honeywell, so that they were able, they're now they're still able to sell their product with Honeywell Honeywell brand right. for the next forty years. So it's an exclusive license to use their name for forty years. So that's important to keep in mind. Yeah, and you know the uh, you know the Honeywell brand is probably a kind of an important you know, driver for it. I mean, um, a lot of the, the nest comp- competition on the, the comfort side comes from Honeywell mm-hmm. thermostats. So, um, mm-hmm. which are actually now residio, uh, thermostats, but with the Honeywell mm-hmm. name on it. Okay. So let's, uh, yeah. let's talk a little bit about, um, will the spinoff separate a lousy business from a good business? Um, yeah, I think that's, that's an interesting question, and it's, it's certainly one that we have to answer when we analyze, when we're analyzing spinoffs. That question just prompted me to look at this comment from the Honeywell CEO. So this is after spinoff. Here's what he said. He said, "The impact of the spinoffs of our homes and transportation system business both lowered margins than both lower margins than the portfolio contribute 80 80." 80 basis points of segment margin expansion this quarter. So I think from the Honeywell's perspective, um, again, this is a little bit more complicated than regular analysis because we have to think about multiple parties. From Honeywell perspective, I think some of these businesses that they were able to spin off had lower margins. And so for them, the parent company was able to increase their profit margin. Right. The the margin percentage. Um, From... From um, from from presidio, uh, residio perspective, um, I think it goes back to what you were talking about, Hari. Like uh, the fact that they're not they're no longer part of one billion hundred billion dollar portfolio company. They're now they now can be its own entity, and they can be better analyzed by analysts in Wall Street. So thereby able to get a higher valuation, a richer valuation than being a part of a conglomerate. Yeah, and and one thing I would say about this is, just because they spin off a lousy business doesn't mean that a lousy business isn't undervalued, right? Like we don't really necessarily care as a spin off, is this a great business, right? It's just by the sheer act of separating two businesses with that operate in distinct industries or distinct distinct areas, it becomes easier to actually value those two things mm-hmm. right so you know as yeah. part of this checklist is kind of there to force you to think about it right to see mm-hmm. you know and answer some of these tougher questions so um yeah you know so let's uh, oh go ahead yeah i want to mention a couple of things about honeywell 
Um, as I was digging into Honeywell, as I was digging into Residio, I found out that Honeywell had actually been spinning off companies since 2016. Mm-hmm. So this is not just a one-off spinoff that they that they have done. This is a part of a grand grand vision from Honeywell's perspective. So starting in 2016, they spin off. They spun off. Uh, Honeywell Technology Solution. This was an aerospace government service business. 2016, again, they spun off another company called Advanced 6 Spin. This is a chemical business. 2018, they spun off Garrett. Uh, Garrett is a, is a, um, it's a turbo, um, it's a turbo, turbocharger, uh, company. And then in 2018, October 29th, that, that's when Residio spun off. So, this is not just a uh, one-off spin-off um, case uh, from Honeywell perspective. This is a this is part of a long grand vision from Honeywell. I just wanted to point that out there. Yeah, and and you know I, I think by separating some of these out, it makes it clearer to you know what you're investing in, right? So mm-hmm. uh, let's let's keep moving down the the checklist here. Um, sure. Is the multiple of a great business being penalized by being combined with a good business and that will be fixed by spinning it off? Hmm. Yeah, I think this is, again, a good question. Um, I think, you know, we talked about this in the previous episode. The multiples are given... Wall Street is kind of interesting in, in, in the sense that, you know, they give multiples to different industries, different multiples to different industry. For example, technology industry, they give huge multiples. Um, Whereas, for example, like agriculture, they might give them very, very small multiple. So depending on which industry you're in, uh, Wall Street just assigns you, uh, Wall Street just assigns you kind of a a blanket uh, multiple, which I think is kind of strange because you have to really analyze company individually. But that's a context we live in. So looking at it from that perspective, you know, spinoff is a way to get a higher multiple. Um, for example, if you have a technology company, for example, in Honeywell, and they want to they want to spin off um, a software technology business in its own, that software business all of a sudden will have a rich valuation because it's now part of technology industry. Yeah, and and I mean, you can look at it right now, and Residio has a very low price to earnings multiple. Um, you know, mm-hmm. part partly because of this, the the selling, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so, uh, you know, moving to, you know, let's compare the earnings of Honeywell and it's, and Residio, you know, Mm -hmm. does one of these or both of them have steady earnings and the other more volatile earnings? Uh, I, um, I think they're pretty both stable. Um, you know, from as far as what I can see, they're pretty stable businesses, Honeywell as well as Residio. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that I'll leave it at that. Uh, I do want to talk about debt, um, which we'll we will cover down the road. But you know, from earnings perspective, from uh, revenue perspective, I think they're pretty stable. So people, you know, people need to buy appliances. Um, yeah, it's pretty pretty stable stable business. All right. Um, do you does the spinoff itself? Um, you know, do these two companies have different ways, you know, that they should be valued? Um, for example, one company would be better valued using cash flow and the other earnings. Um, you know, would that help um, clarify some of the, the valuation for, for this company? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think 
I think absolutely. I think um, I think that has to be taken into account wherever if you do if you do spinoffs, if you're analyzing spinoffs, or if you're analyzing just a regular company, because um, you know capital expenditure, um, you know ca- free cash flow, and looking at ca- capital expenditure, that's so important because at the end of the day, we want to really look at free cash flow. Um, so, for example, this Residio company, you know, um, for the past three years, they've been They've been uh, spending about seventy million dollars uh, on a- on average for the past three years on on capex and uh, in in terms of um, cash flow from operation on average. Again, this is on average for past three years about two hundred. So they're they're spending about thirty percent of cash from operation in uh, in in um, in investing in in capital expenditure, uh, whether it's hardware or software. So. I think either way, I don't know your, what your thoughts are, Harry. Either way, if, you know, if it's if it's even if it's spinoff or is it you know if it's just a regular analysis, you, you must be able to look at cash flow. You should be you should look at cash flow before anything else. Yeah, and I I think what, that kind of gets back to is one of these businesses an asset light business and the other a more asset heavy business, right? Which in which case mm-hmm. earnings are not as important. You know, cash flow may be more important. And I mean, I I don't mm-hmm. think so. I mean, I think. They're both somewhat, you know, not they're not asset light, but they're not asset heavy either in some cases mm-hmm. here. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what do you think there? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, they're not like, for example, Residio, they're not hugely asset heavy, but they're still, you know, they're not asset light business. And I think same goes for Honeywell. Possibly, I haven't, I haven't really looked at Honeywell's uh, CapEx but I imagine their remaining business, let me just give them, give uh, our listeners some context about, you know, at, you know, as I said before, they spun off um, four different companies uh, in the span of two, in the span of three years, two years. So what do they have left? So they have in Honeywell business, they have aerospace sales, Honeywell building business sales. They have performance materials and technology. And they also have safety and productivity solutions sales. So to me, this is again. I, I need to um, make make sure that I clarify this. I haven't looked into individual businesses here uh, within Honeywell, but from the titles, aerospace, you know, performance materials, safety, productivity solutions, they they all seem like a pretty heavy capex businesses. Um, what are your thoughts, Ari? Yeah, I mean, I you know from from everything I'm seeing, they're separating businesses in distinct business lines, but they are, it's at their core, they're basically you know manufacturing things, and that requires some asset investment. So I don't think this is one is better um, measured with earnings and the other cash flow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think that necessarily helps us here, which is not mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily kick this company out of the you know the the running right for being an investment. It's you know we're just trying to identify what is the value that gets unlocked here, right? By splitting mm-hmm. these two and how and now we can analyze them independently. You know how do we how do we look at those things? So um, why don't we just uh, um, think about you know the the next question, which was you alluded to earlier. So by spinning off, does the parent allow itself to rid or rid itself of a business that it couldn't sell and or offload? Uh, offload some debt 
Yeah, um, that's what I want to talk to you about, Hari. Um, you know, I think we were talking about this before the podcast, but let me give uh, you guys, our listeners, some context of what we're talking about. So when the spinoff happened, this is really interesting. When the spinoff happened, what Residio did was as soon as it spun off, it took $1.2 billion in debt. So it took out $1.2 billion from banks. And then they turned around and took that money and gave it to the parent company. So again, so Residio spun off. They said they went to the bank and then they said, I want $1.2 million. And then they turned around and gave that money back to the parent. But that debt is still with Residio's balance sheet. So they have to pay it back. But that money that they borrowed is no longer with Residio. They paid it to the parent company. And this is not just Residio. This is, this is also the case with a previous spinoff, Garrett. Garrett did the exact same thing. They borrowed $1.5 billion, $1.58 billion as soon as they they spun off. And and also, um, and they also, Garrett also, as soon as they spun off, they did this uh, $1.58 billion transaction, and they also opened up $500 million in revolving credit facility. And same, similar stuff with Residio as well. Yeah, and like you mentioned in in the previous episode, you know, these companies go to <clears throat> excuse me to investment banks and they kind of get an a la carte menu of how they're going to run the spin-off mm-hmm. and it sounds like they took the same approach with Garrett that they did with Residio which is uh pay the parent company a fee essentially uh for the spin-off you know mm-hmm. as an intercompany kind of uh you know debt mm-hmm. pay them the spin-off money uh, and then open up a revolving credit facility, which is probably part of the investment bank that did this wanted that you know you know kind of structured. So, mm-hmm. um, you know exactly. And I, I guess now that they've offloaded that debt, you know the question is is does Residio, Residio have the requisite cash flow to kind of pay it off? You know to pay off that one point two billion. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the question. So if I look at their debt to equity, um, debt to equity right now they have one point two. Uh, in debt and an equity of uh, 1.5. So uh, it's 0.8 debt to equity. And if you look at free cash flow to debt, average free cash, every free, average free cash flow for the past three years, $179 million. And their debt again is 1.2 million, 1.2 billion. Okay. So it's, so it's below our threshold of, you know, three to one, you know, free cash flow to debt. Um, Exactly. But that doesn't necessarily take into account you know, that the potential growth that could be occurring, you know, here. So Exactly, exactly. And I also want to point, paint a little bit more color on what it looks like from, from Honeywell's perspective. Now that they spun off all these companies and they're cleaning themselves up of, of, of liability, of debt from that balance sheet. So I just want to give, uh, give some context here. Um, so this is Honeywell's balance sheet comparing 2017 and 2018. At twenty, at the end of twenty seventeen, they had twelve point five billion dollars in debt, long term debt, and at the end of twenty eighteen, they have nine point seven billion dollars in debt. Again, so twelve point five billion in two thousand seventeen, and now they have reduced that number to nine point seven. So, pretty significant reduction there. 
So pretty significant. So I think from Honeywell's perspective, I think a play, one of the reasons why they're doing this is to reduce their long-term debt and therefore thereby reducing their interest payments because, you know, $9 billion in, in, uh, in, in long-term debt, you know, the, the interest is going to really mount, mount up. Yeah. Okay. Any thoughts here, Hari? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's the, what really gets here is that, you know, we see a business that when we talk about the valuation is relatively cheap. There's some debt, you know, here, one of the things that they're, you know, they've talked about on um, the last conference call was cleaning up some of their expenses, their corporate expenses, you know, reducing that by fifty million a year to help boost some of the, you know, the earnings, um, mm-hmm. and you know, so those kind of questions, you know, kind of help us understand, you know, is this company going to grow in the next, you know, three years uh, as a result of being outside of the, uh, outside from under the thumb of Honeywell, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I think the first two quarters that they've announced since the spinoff. Growth has been in the low, you know, single digits, right? Like four mm-hmm. or five percent, right? So not mm-hmm. not very spectacular. But in a spinoff, you usually see some anemic growth the first year, you know, because they're kind of getting ramped up as their own independent company, um, mm-hmm. and then it, it, you know, it starts to, you know, to pick up. So mm-hmm. you know, just from what we've seen so far, have they kind of, as management, kind of alluded to things, you know, improving in the next two or three years? outside of some of the cost savings to help, you know, you know, mm-hmm. so we can see some of that growth coming to play, right? Yeah, I think, um, so I don't have a specific answer for that, but I, I can, I can share with you guys what their incentive structure looks like. Cause I think that will drive a lot of their, their, their kind of policies, their, their decisions. Okay. Well, we'll, um, let's, uh, let, let me, um, we'll okay. get to that one. Cause we definitely will okay. want to talk about that one. Um, okay. So we'll um, we'll get one more question in, and then we'll uh, save the rest for the next episode. Um, okay. You know, are are there any tax advantages that we see uh, for spinning this off? Um, uh, you know, spinning off Residio. Yeah, yeah. I think that's core. I think that's really core to what spinoff is all about. You know, um, from Honeywell's perspective, from shareholders' perspective, it's an easy way to kind of spin off a company without having to deal with a lot of tax burdens because you know spin off is just um, it's it's tax free it's a it's just splitting of your assets without any sort of tax consequence yep um, so from from that perspective from Honeywell's perspective from existing shareholders perspective it's a great way it's a great way to unlock shareholder value without any sort of tax um, consequence but there's no specific thing that you know necessarily you know um Residio has a big tax liability that, you know, they're, you know, that is getting rid of, you know, through Honeywell or anything like that that we're seeing. Yeah, no, but I, I will say this. This is something that was mentioned pretty consistently in Form 10, uh, which is one of the agreements for Residio spinning off was obviously what we talked about debt, these, this debt, debt payment, $1.2 billion to, to Honeywell. Another thing is this Honeywell incurred um, kind of this um, expenses for um, for environmental um, damage? So they they were fined for environmental concerns and things like that. And 
part of the agreement is that for the foreseeable future, uh, until um, 2043, until 2043, December 31st, 2043, they have to pay the parent company, Honeywell, um, any expenses related to um, environmental remedial, remedial action. Hmm. Agreed, agreed to with the regulators. Um, so every year, so and there's a cap to it. So it's not like Honeywell can demand, you know, millions and millions of dollars. There's a cap. So it, it is up to 140 million dollars annually. Do we know how much they've paid? You know, for you know, in the past as part of this, or mm-hmm. I guess, um, yeah. So it is. It is. Um, so in 2017. Uh, compared to 2018, so in 2018 there were some other expenses that was recorded on their books, mm-hmm. and that expense increase of 90 million dollars was due to this uh, this this clause right here: environmental okay. remedial actions. 90 million dollars. So Honeywell is actually treating this as kind of it's kind of eliminating a, a potential liability for them. Potential big liability, possibly, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But there is a cap, though, 140 million. But for a company like this, that's generating free cash flow of 200, 216 million dollars. A cap of 140 is still quite a bit. Yeah. No, I mean that could eat yeah. up their entire earnings for a year. So exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, you know, we we're about halfway through this. You know, the checklist for Residio. Um, this is probably a good time to to stop and um, you know, split up this uh, you know, this discussion. So. Uh, any any other thoughts before we uh, we close out? Uh, no, I think this is a really interesting company. Uh, stay tuned, guys, uh, for the for part two. All right, thanks. All right, thank you, guys. Mm-hmm.